Yeah, I've heard that story about Caparulo, like where he's he just went up in the belly room and killed it. And then, like, you know, he's downstairs mopping the hallway because there was a spill. Uh-huh. And people are like, dude, you're by far the funniest person on this show. And you're fucking mopping yeah. the hallway. And it's like, oh, that's part of the, the comedy story. And you're funny. You can be a doorman. Poor guy at the comedy store. You know, it's an interesting place to work. Door, booth, phones. Back door guy. Door guy. The Door Guys podcast. With Abby Roberge. Fung Chow. And Hormos Rashidi. <laughs> Check one, two, three. And we're live. We're live with the door guy. What's up, Quincy Weekly? How What's are up, Roberge? Rashidi? How's your weekend? It's pretty good. Kind of uneventful, man. You know, just worked on, you know, Game of Thrones just last night, so that was pretty That's pretty good. Exciting. I think I think at some point in this episode. We should, we should, we should, we should just say, well, we'll give people a, t- a ten-minute warning yeah, and yeah. say, all right, if you haven't seen season eight, episode one, skip ten minutes, <laughs> or if you haven't seen up basically all the episodes up to <laughs> season eight, episode one. But also, social media like, makes it so that you cannot avoid it anymore, right? Yeah, it's like well, you can't. But see, if people, see, if people can't avoid the ga- the Game of Thrones details. Listening to the door guys. You podcast. see, my my my, ex, my experience with Game of Thrones is I started very late, so I started after season seven had ended. Right, I had put it off that long. I was just wow. like, I just don't, I don't know, dragons bullshit. Like I'm just not into it. And then I finally watched one episode, and episode one ends with. Uh, Brand. Yeah, that brand, yeah. yeah. And then I was like, well, I got to see another episode. I mean, I got to see what happens. And then I just, before I knew it, I was like hooked and then fucking obsessed with the show. Like, it's the greatest show ever. So, so my experience, stuff had been spoiled because yeah. it had been in the popular sure. thing. But like, I, I, had known, I had known, I had known, I knew about Red Wedding. I knew, I didn't know the details of it, right. though. But you and yeah, yeah. I also knew Joffrey had become king, right. you know, and I knew Jon Snow had died and become res- resurrected. Right. So a lot of the shit got ruined for you. Yeah, yeah. but sucks. but I did. It didn't matter. It it, it it. But it didn't matter though for me because I was like I was like I don't know when stuff's gonna happen, and I kind of forgot some of the spoilers, and it didn't it it didn't affect my viewing experience. Oh, I enjoyed it for it. sure. Did you and just you just try and convince yourself that it didn't because. You just told me yeah. I knew about Joffrey being king. <laughs> I knew. How about how about instead of talking about Game of Thrones, let's talk about the spinoff, Guam of Thrones. Guam of Thrones. <laughs> oh, it's a great podcast. Guam Felix's podcast, <laughs> Guam of Thrones. Did you know? If you love Game of Thrones, you might be indifferent to Guam of Thrones because it has <laughs> nothing I bet to you, do with Game of Thrones. I, I bet you somebody. <laughs> Fuck, we might have to edit this because somebody who's listening to this podcast is like, dude, I've just started watching it. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. If they did, they'll, they'll just stop listening to the podcast. Yeah, we're not going to be able to get Game of Thrones fans. Put a spoiler alert. Yeah, but if they're a real Game of Thrones fan, they would have watched it. We'll put a spoiler alert on this episode. <laughs> well, I mean, we haven't said anything other than the Other than, like, the, pop, the yeah. popular, yeah. Yeah. But like, Guam of Thrones. I feel like Guam was just, like, my name sounds kind of like game. But it doesn't. I'll make a podcast. <laughs> and I think he just talks to chicks. I think it's just like an excuse. Yeah, to he like just tries to bang chicks. Talk to chicks about sex. Yeah, have you guys listened to the Guam no, of Thrones ever? Of course <laughs> not. I'm trying to wait until they're all out so I can just binge all of the Guam of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wait until they're all out so I can binge delete them. <laughs> Oh, did, uh, it, did you? Uh, he literally goes around, puts headphones on women, and forces them to listen to it. 
he rapes them. With <laughs> <his fucking ass. laughs> That's so stupid. That is so bad. Uh, Put these headbuds in. I'm surprised that he even has a consistent podcast. Yeah, I've never checked it out. Uh, but I just remember hearing that it's called Guam of Thrones. I was like, dope. Does he like just break his down? Name episodes? Sounds like game. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bet there's so many Game of Thrones fans. Like, oh, nice, a Game of Thrones podcast. Let's yeah. check it. <laughs> oh, dog, I was talking yeah. to this fucking chick, and I fucking <laughs> ate some pasta last night. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, all about how you just rape chicks if they're. Uh, he was the only man left. The name of the world. <laughs> that joke is that's crazy. a great joke, though. I mean, it, like, you're not allowed to do rape jokes anymore. But fuck that. That's a great joke. But okay, I'm also, sure I'm sure it's like a street joke. It is a street joke yeah. for sure, right? right. I but mean, it is I'm, a great street joke. Let's and I and I want to say this. I like Guam. He's a very nice guy. I like. You know what I'm saying? I think he crushes too. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's he's bizarre, and I don't understand he, no, he why really he well. makes any of the decisions that he makes. <laughs> yeah, in life. especially at potluck, he does really well. He just goes out you there, know? and it's just like a three well, minutes. With his hairstyle already, it's like they say it's great to get a laugh before you say anything. Right. So he's people have been laughing at him since they came to the club. Yeah. <laughs> like, look at the he game. checked their ideas. Like, yeah. Look at this like weird the Mortal guy. Kombat guy. Yeah. My he looks like a bouncer to Shaolin Temple. That's what I was saying. He looks like he's crouching tiger, hidden dragon, but like stays crouching. Yeah, exactly. Oh. But uh. And he just goes up and he goes, as you can tell from my hairstyle, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and that's funny, man. All right. Like, he doesn't give a fuck. Like, you can tell. From I think your viewership just declined by like 20%. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we don't care about Guam <laughs> anymore. <laughs> did, did you know for the Game of Thrones prequel, they hired, they had eight fully staffed writing rooms to each write a pilot. And then they narrowed, they out of eight pilots that were written by eight different rooms, they narrowed it down to one pilot. Like, that's the budget they're working on. That's rad. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Are they doing Robert's Rebellion, right? Isn't that what they're supposed they're to be doing? They're doing it. It's like uh, 300 years earlier. And yeah. Ni- Naomi Campbell's the star of it. Wow, or really? Na- wait, is that the name? Not talk about is that the name? Yeah. I'm fine. This we is we the both like Guam it. Yeah. This, this episode should be called Guam of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> no, we cover Guam of Thrones I mean, and Game of Thrones. If you don't want to talk about that, we can talk about uh, no, they're I coming think, out I think with it's the interesting. Look, eight different writing rooms. Like as as is comics and everybody's like, you know, get sometimes tries to get work as writers. Imagine getting into that writer's room where you're like I fucking made it, I dude. made yeah. it. Yeah. HBO yeah. writer's room. We wrote this amazing pilot. For the Game of Thrones prequel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. About the Targaryens and when they took over Valeris or whatever the fuck. And then Valeris. they're like... Valeris. Uh, uh, and then... And, uh, whatever. And then <laughs> uh, Valeria, man. Come on. Get it right. Valeria. And then they fucking find out that they only they had a 12.5% chance of being picked. Right. And now you fucking... The, so do you guys remember uh, the producers of Game of Thrones were s- supposedly starting to work on that series uh, about its modern day times uh, and the South won? So no, slavery. they came out with that. No, I know, but they, they, they shit canned it. They trashed no, it. I don't remember. Right. That. Yeah. Um, so they came out with the series. The premise of the series was that it's modern day times and the South won. So slavery is legal still, right? Right. Um, I don't remember the full details. I think it was like sort of... There would have been like a couple underground guys who kind of fought slavery, a couple black dudes, right? Kind of like what that Amazon show People was were, about yeah. like, uh, d- d- the not, Nazis winning, right? Not, yeah, exactly. Do you do you think that's a like 
do you think they're racist for one? Because I don't think they were saying it in a pro light. It's like a dystopian future. Type exactly. Of well, see, that's why. That's exactly why I brought it up. Because when I first heard it, I was even doing a joke about it for a minute. I'm like, dude, what the? These guys think they're untouchable. They want to touch. But then you find out uh, that they had two black writers on the show. When it's like, okay, is that like a paper shield? You know, for them, like, no, it can't be racist. Or is it two black writers or, like... Was that gunpowder? Or half black writers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the point, the point is, those writers were actually... The, the two black writers were the ones who actually came up with the oh, story. I bet. I bet. It's yeah. their, and so now, after I found that out, I'm like, fuck, now I'm interested. I want to yeah. see that series. Right. I want to see what it would be like. Should have got a black showrunner. Yeah, exactly. That would have been... Like, I want to see that series now. It seems like they'd be pretty... Especially if they were, like... It's like... Uh, it would be, like... Like like Django, but like now exactly it would yeah. be sort of Django-ish, where it's like the right. two black dudes like are fighting. Idea it sure. it really does, especially and for now. a way to run America. If, yeah. like, if, they got, <laughs> if they got Jordan Peele to be oh, a producer yeah, on it, yeah. game over. over for sure. You guys remember that documentary? It was like a fake documentary that came out that was like what's it called? Mockumentary, mm -hmm. uh, where it, it acted like the South had won. No, I didn't see that one. It, it, it's I didn't I couldn't watch the whole thing because it's pretty brutal. Like they, it, it's shot like a front line. And they interview oh, people. Got and you. They, they go like Abraham Lincoln, uh, the disgraced president, blah blah blah, like and, and how he was taken and put into prison, and then he was released into house arrest for his last few years. But he was always disgraced, and nobody, yeah, know, nobody yeah. hated on him and shit. And it, it it was really funny though because at the very beginning, they show this. <laughs> there's this like commercial for like an insurance company, and and it's like saying like you love your wife, you love your daughter, and it shows a wife. It shows his daughter, and, it, and it's like and you want to protect. All of uh, all of your belongings, and then and it's like shows like, and then they show like, and when they say all of your belongings, it panned over to the slave quarter, <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, for your home, your life, and all your belongings, and oh they went my. over to the black people. I was like, it, it looked like a modern commercial, but with, with yeah, this shit's scary, cool. man. It's scary. Like I, I always, whenever I've done, and I haven't done it often. Like I've done a slave voice, like on stage, or to tell a joke. <clears throat> and I'm doing like one now. It's kind of weird, um, <laughs> but whenever I do the slave, and I'm, I'm like, it's scary because I'm like, is there some like slave in me? Like, do, you, do you know what I'm saying? Like I don't, yeah. Like I, right. that's a scary thought. Like oh, I don't. Yeah. Why is why is it so easy to do that voice? It's not a hard voice to it's imitate. Not a hard voice. Right. At yeah, all. but it's still when I do it, it yeah. just it doesn't feel right, uh, right, and it feels way too easy to go into it. Yeah, like you're I, it's, from. I'm originally from Arkansas, Arkansas. originally from a small yeah. town. Yeah, You're from where there was real slavery. Yes, like literally, like when I went to school, there was white them. people, but when I went home, everyone was black, basically. So it's like I live in government housing. That's how, mm -hmm. like, you say projects, right? Government. Right. Um, and so out of you know, let's say, is the government housing nicer in like Arkansas? <laughs> no, it was bad. Really? There's at one point in one of the projects I lived in, they started to build like these track homes outside of it, but they were like trailers. And then they just abandoned them, like halfway through building. So what happened? And so we just started fuck as kids. We would just like run through them because they were all connected. We were like I'm climbing in. Though. It was. We were like yeah. we climbed in the ceilings, like we were blowing up fireworks in there. Because you know, in there we can buy fireworks. <laughs> you know? So you can um, in August, yeah, like I could buy, anarchy. I could buy like BBs and shit like that. Right, you know, like yeah. uh, all kinds of. But yeah, we blow up fireworks. It was fun, like breaking the windows out. What, we just left them. What state do you think has the nicest projects? Hawaii, the, maybe. You think Hawaii has projects? Hawaii has projects, yeah. It does, really? I yeah. think everywhere has projects. Yeah. It's like, you know, like poor people housing is everywhere. I bet the, the shittiest has to be the, the states that are the poorest. 
Because it's like when the standard right. of living is pretty good, like in L.A. or in Long Beach or wherever you yeah. go, you see really nice buildings and, s- and shit around a right. blocks away from the project. So the project can't be complete right. slums with <laughs> trailers left around right. you know, yeah. because people would get upset. But if you live in Arkansas where, like, you know, the, the people who aren't in, pro- in the projects might be living in shacks and shit, too. It's just right. like a very poor area. That place has got to be awful. But did you realize that it was awful when you were a kid? No, as a kid, it was just yeah. like that's what it was, you know. Right. Sounds but fun. I the reason okay, so kids, I right? can tell you what I did realize that we were when I did realize we were kind of poor because I played sports, right? Um, and it was one of those things my brother was good and I was good, so you know we'd have coaches like yeah. buy his cleats and shit like that or pay for outings. Right. Um, but going to like teammates' houses, like white teammates' houses, right. and see where they lived. The Nats were like, oh, okay, like this like, is. Would you like some caviar, Quincy? Yeah, like, exactly. Caviar. Yeah, it's like what you have both parents. That's crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, like that's where I recognize like the you difference. You got a pantry with snacks in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Amazing, Quincy. You were raised by just your father, right? Just my mother. Oh, my, my bad. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I just assumed it was just your father. Why, why would you? Say? <laughs> because I'm, I'm, I go the opposite of what a racist would think. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel even more racist. You a racist person would say, "Oh, Quincy's black from the south. He was probably raised by a single mother." I'm the opposite of a racist. I say, "Quincy's black from the south, raised by his hardworking dad." Yeah, no, I was raised by my mo- my fa- <laughs> my father has uh, he had fifteen. Kids, I think 15 Whoa. or 16. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, you used to talk about that on stage, right? Yeah, I haven't talked about it for a really there, long time. Is there any that you have never been in contact with? Um, yeah, there's most of them. I've never, I've maybe been in contact with like five of them. Like, really? Uh, wow. As far as like actual speaking, like voice, I hear their voice, I hear mine, like two of them. Like wow. my older brother, Andre, he's like my oldest of all my siblings, mm-hmm. mom or dad. Uh, and then I have a sister named Shaquita, which is, uh, it feels bad. F- I feel shitty for. And, but it's like, come on, Dad, Chiquita, why would you? It's like it feels like a, like soup. a Chappelle well, show sketch. Yeah, like, exactly. Like Fourteenth though, because maybe he was just like. No, uh, I, I think <laughs> she's. Oh, I think she's older than me, Jennifer? or just barely younger than me. But yeah, it's like Chiquita. And then I have a brother named Willie, which is my father's name. Um, I went back summer after sophomore year, to that's how small my town is. I went back summer after my sophomore year, and I went to summer school uh, in Arkansas. Really, you yeah. were going to be a minister? What? Is that what a sermon school is? No, summer, summer. school. Summer. 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 I thought you went to Berkeley, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? I went to summer school, and in my class, I had a first cousin, and the class next door to me, I had a, a brother, a half-brother, or whatever. Wow. Like, that's how small. Yeah, it's pretty crazy when like I think about it. Small town and, like, a guy with crazy strong sperm. Yeah. Fucking just dominating. And he was shooting until he was, like, 50. He was making kids. He was, like, just, Damn. yeah. Man, does that make you scared to fucking fuck without a condom, huh? Kind of, yeah. probably have really strong sperm. But also, I kind of grew up in, like, the, the AIDS generation. So, like, I'm already right. afraid of, like, that. And so when people, <laughs> when, I, when I see people who get pregnant, and I'm just like, you were trying to get pregnant. If you're not yeah. trying not to get pregnant, you're trying to get pregnant. Yeah, like, you right. know, so... But I it, think it's so easy to avoid pregnancy. It, yeah. it feels like it really is. It's very easy. Pulling Pull out, out is not. It feels like we're the AIDS generation, and like the generation after us is like the not afraid of AIDS generation. Yeah, I they're, think, they're like oh, they accept HPV. I like you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Dude, well, I like think before the internet came around, 
Yeah. Dudes would just be like, whatever, I'll just get you pregnant. It feels better, and then I'll leave, and who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. And no one will, no one will yeah. track me down. Like, I'll just hop on a Greyhound, and you'll never... Like, if you have a one-night stand, now it's like social media exists. You know, you get someone pregnant, they're going to find you within five minutes. Yeah. You, can, you can find people off their first name if they have, like, a slightly interesting <laughs> yeah. first name. Yeah. If Hormos knocked you up, you'd find Hormos real quick. Like, right. I uh, I open mic a lot now, right? So I started open micing the shit ton again. Um, And there's this couple, I don't even want, I'm not going to say their names, but there's, like, this dude and this chick that, like, were banging for a minute, and then it was, like, a big deal for so long, and it's like, no one cares what you guys do. But apparently one of the, the girl had, she got pregnant and had a miscarriage, right? But it's like, dude, what do you, like, I, I think she lives in her car. Um, So it's like, why are you getting pregnant, first of all? Right. And why are you getting yeah. pregnant by this particular person? Like, what about him says, hey, we should raise a child together? What about your current situation says, hey, I should have a child? Right. It's like, dude, wear a fucking condom. Fuck all you want. Wear a condom. Go on the pill. I don't, I don't know. It's just, right. it's amazing to me. It's like people it's like, really gonna, don't care. I'm going to risk crazy consequence just because it feels a little <laughs> yeah, bit Yeah, crazy no, I mean, consequences. It feels a lot better, but it's not worth it still. It's not right. a little bit better. It's it, a lot better. It is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so weird because it's like. No condom, it feels so much better without a condom. But also yeah. your body sort of tricks you. Like you try to pull out, but your body's like, no, nah, just stay. What are you doing? I'm like, yeah. oh, well, I but can't. you're still going to get the same result. You know? well, but also okay. Quincy's got a big old black dick. So it takes way more. It's like a hose. You have to reel it in the <laughs> whole to, thing. I have to press the button on my hip. And <laughs> yes. I don't have a big black dick, guys. I have a vagina-friendly penis. <laughs> which is a, which is annoying, by the way. It's like, for, first off, it's something you can't control. But like, literally, everyone always expects. Like, so you hear conversations like, "Yeah, big ass dick." You know what I'm talking about, right, Quincy? <laughs> like, no, I don't, asshole. Thanks for bringing that up. No, because they think you fuck a lot of black dudes. <laughs> 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 That's your joke, asshole. It's not mine. <laughs> Dude, if you know me, if you know hormones of shitty, you know hormones recycles jokes. I care about the environment. Earth Day is coming up. I'm constantly <laughs> yeah. recycling. Material. <laughs> uh, almost texted me a joke earlier, and I said "classic." Oh, I don't know if I responded it. What was, yeah, what was the joke? I'm so curious. Um, Hormone does a lot of wordplay, right? Do, yeah. He does a lot of wordplay. Quincy is running late too. I'm surprised he's running at all. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So it's just like classic Hormone <laughs> using old, not even his bits. Yeah. Hey, whose bit is that? Yeah, it's, a, it's just an old school. Band. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, but it's in a text. Yeah, Lucas Hurl has it. It's, yeah, it's a linear joke. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like it, Run, running late, running at all. Nobody wrote that joke. That's that's a joke for everybody. Argus to use Hamilton. Wrote. Yeah, exactly. All classic <laughs> jokes were written by <laughs> Argus Hamilton. Hey, good, good that. to let's, be here. Tell our favorite street jokes. All right, give me one second. Yeah, take your time. Uh, favorite street jokes. Favorite street jokes. I love street jokes, dude. I mean, I feel like the street jokes, the favorite street jokes are always like the racist ones. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of racist ones. My favorite, because I'm not a racist, as I've proven by thinking that you were raised by your father, not by your mother. Makes me think you're even more racist. Right? Damn. She had a fat ass walking by. The lady with a fat ass just walked by apartment nine. Uh, okay, favorite. Favorite street joke. Favorite street joke. Hmm. I got one. Go right, for it. Uh, my favorite growing up was uh, about this guy who gets a phone call that his wife has been in a terrible car accident and that he needs to come to the hospital right away. So frantically, he rushes down to Cedar Sinai Hospital. 
parks in an emergency zone, just runs out, goes in, and, and, and is looking for his wife and finds a doctor. Doctor comes up to him and says, your wife has been in a horrible car accident. Uh, the car was completely mangled up. She's going to be paralyzed for the rest of her life. You're going to have to feed her, bathe her, <laughs> take care of every <laughs> single need she, she has. Alongside that. Yeah, this is what Gilbert Godfrey told this one. Go ahead. She's going to need you to feed her, bathe her, clean her, do everything for change her. Change her diaper. Shits, change her diaper, everything. And the guy just falls to his knees and just starts crying like anybody would. And then the doctor starts laughing. He goes, dude, I'm just fucking with you. Your wife's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you guys could see Abby's face just that's, then. That's pretty good. It took me a second. Yeah, it's too much setup, but yeah. There's a lot of setup. All right, here's I mean, a good, you can make the setup Here's less. a good street <laughs> joke. Spoiler alert, it's racist. Um, <laughs> it's from, uh, I think it's from Boondock Saints. So uh, a, a black guy, a Mexican guy, and an Italian guy are all on a walk together, and they stumble across a, a lamp with a genie in it. And the genie's like, you know, thanks for releasing me. I'm going to offer each of you guys a wish, right? And so the black guy was like, I want me and my people to teleport back to Africa and live hap happy lives there, happily ever after. And the genie's like, done. And then the Mexican guy was like, I want me and my people to, to all go back to Mexico and live happy, prosperous lives back there. And the genie's like, and the genie's like, just listen, wait, it's, it's worth it, it's worth it. Okay. And the genie's like, done. And the Mexican guy and all the people go back to Mexico and they have rich. And the Italian guy's like, wait, all the black guys and Mexican guys are gone? Oh, I'll take a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was good. I like that one. I mean, I don't. I, honestly, I don't really have a favorite, but they're just the uh, those ones that are interchangeable. Do you know, it's like, what do you say to a black guy, or what do you say to a Mexican guy in court? Like, what? will the defendant please rise? Right. Like that one. What did the black guy? What did the Mexican kid? What did the black kid or Mexican kid get for Christmas? It's like your bike. <laughs> 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 then the. Yeah, uh, the one racist one, I mean, it's terrible to say. <laughs> it's terrible to say Jewish jokes, but you know, because you won't have a career. But I always liked that one. I always thought it was kind of clever when it's like, why don't Jews have big noses? Because air is free. Yeah. I always thought that was sort of funny, but I, it's not something I repeat. Only, you Except know. On a right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Going <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's, here's a very offensive joke that'll ruin my career. Uh, so a priest and a rabbi are sitting on a park bench, okay. chilling, and a little kid walks by, and the priest leans over to the rabbi and says, should we screw him? And the rabbi goes, out of what? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that one. <laughs> That's hilarious. I used to do a racial joke. I haven't done it in a while on stage, but uh, <laughs> where I, I used to say, uh, what do you call a little black boy with an afro? Jumping up and down on a trampoline. Velcro? Something like that? No. Adorable. Oh. And then, <laughs> and then I would be like, what? What? You thought I was going to say something racist? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you piece of shit. Uh. Adorable. But sometimes people would yell out Velcro, like you said, <laughs> or the N word. I've heard like late night, you know, when it was back in the Sunday, Monday, yeah. potluck era. Yeah. Late night, I heard a Australian dude one time yelled out, the N word. I was like, no, dude, adorable, you fucking <laughs> racist piece of shit. That's wow. Oh, you know what? I but just remembered so one. Um, so, or two, I'll try to do them really quickly. One is like, so this girl is curious. She wants to sleep with black dudes. Um, and so all her friends tell her that, you know, it's great. So she finally ends up meeting this black dude to go back to a hotel. 
So she gets to the hotel, gets undressed, gets in the bed, and she goes, all right, show me what you black guys do best. <laughs> and so he took her purse and ran. Uh, <laughs> that one. And uh, then yeah. this is a stupid one. I always like this. But uh, all right, so it's one girl, really good at sex. So she, she's banging this white dude. Um, she's like, he's banging her. <laughs> he's banging her. And she starts to turn red. He's like, all right, that's kind of weird. Um, like he keeps banging her, starting to grow like hooves a little bit. And he's like, what the fuck? And then she grows horns and he fucking takes off running, right? Black dude starts having sex with this chick, right? Same thing happens. She starts to turn red and he's like, all right, whatever. You know, a little bit of hooves. He's like, that's fucking weird. Horns, bounces, take off. Then the Mexican dude starts banging her, starts to turn red. He's like, all right, that's weird, right? Starts to get hooves again. He's like, oh, that's kind of weird. She grows the horns and he goes, orderly, handlebars. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. It's just, anyway, whatever. Those are terrible jokes. Uh, in no way indicative of my terrible life. I used to work in a strip club for like a, a minute. Uh, the worst strip club ever. It was like on La Cienega across from the street from the Largo. Um, it was like just pregnant strippers. Ugly, <laughs> the ugliest girls. Yeah. And maybe like every now and then one person would come in. And it'd be like 20 bucks to get in. And once you've paid, you come in and you're like, oh, this is garbage. Yeah, you've yeah. paid. So you're just like, you know. And then if a few ballers would come in, the manager would call the hotter chicks to come from the better strip club. So yeah. To come make the real money. Yeah, exactly. It was exactly. a really sad place. But but the manager of that strip club told me this joke, and I thought it was pretty funny. It, it, it of was course, the manager of the strip club told of you course. this yeah. joke. <laughs> of course. I mean, that's obviously. all they did. <laughs> but uh, it was uh, uh, these three guys go to the hottest new club in Hollywood, uh, or bar in Hollywood, where there's this magician bartender that's like amazing. And so you go up to him and you order your drink from him and he serves it to you in magic. So the first person goes up and says, I'll take a Jack and Coke. And the magician goes, boom, puff of smoke, hands him an apple. And he goes, take a bite. Takes a bite of one side, oh, it tastes like Jack. Takes a bite of the other side, tastes like Coke, amazing. And then the next guy goes, I'll take a uh, Red Bull vodka. Boom, puff of smoke. Hands him another apple. Takes a bite on one side, Red Bull. Takes a bite on the other side, uh, uh, vodka. Third guy goes up and he says, what will you be having? He's like, I'll take some pussy. He goes, boom. Pops up an apple. Hands him the apple. He goes, take a bite. Takes a bite. He goes, oh, this apple tastes like shit. Like, you got to turn it around the other way. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that one. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, you guys, <laughs> tune in to Guam of Thrones. <laughs> I bet you that joke's been said on Guam of Thrones, but it's fit it in the conversation somehow naturally. Oh, God. So, hey, when did you know you wanted to be a comic? You were in Arkansas. Um, Here's a funny thing. It's like I never thought about doing comedy as a career. Just like, you know, growing up Arkansas and then San Jose. Um Oh, when did you move to San Jose? I moved to San Jose, like, basically, I've been in California since fifth grade, so I moved uh, to San Jose. Cool. Oh, okay. Um, That's why you're well-adjusted and Yeah, exactly. No, and like, to read books. <laughs> yeah, no, no accent like, or anything. He reads all of the Game of Thrones books over and over again, and he's from Arkansas? Yeah, not over and over he's, again. He's yeah. the one person who's literate? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I made it! Uh, but yeah, so I never thought about it, you know, um... I was working at a software company when I was, you know, out of high school there. So I worked for, we did optical character recognition. So like scanning documents and shit. Uh, And then I started doing production work um, at the junior college. 
And then I moved to Fresno for a couple years and worked at a PBS station there. Yeah, exactly. Worked at a PBS PBS station there. Produced a local show for like a year and a half. It was like pretty cool. It is pretty. That sounds like a rad job, though. It was pretty cool. And then like I moved here for production, but I've always been a fan of comedy, and people have always been like, "Hey, make me laugh today." You always make me laugh. Uh, and I never was really white people, aren't they? No, they're everything. <laughs> we're everything. Hey, black guy, make me laugh. Yeah, shuck and jive, <laughs> quick <dude. laughs> uh, But I, I mean, I'd, I'd always made people laugh, and people always kind of enjoyed my company. And I didn't really know why, and I wasn't purposely trying to make everyone. It's just like how yeah. I was. Um, then I moved here, and I couldn't get production work. Uh, and the first job I got was just running sound at the Ice House. Uh, mm. Because, yeah, because I knew how to, I run sound for live television when I worked at the TV station. So running it for a comedy show. No. And I was a fan. I had already watched like all the Comedy Central present specials before I moved yeah. <coughs> moved here because I just was a fan of, you know, comics. Um, anyway, and then I just. the oldest club in LA, right? Yeah, that's the what they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah by a couple like years. World. Yeah, it's been around for a while. Um, and it was, you know, it was funny. It was kind of eye opening when I first moved here and I was doing the. Like, working at the club, I saw a bunch of comics who's special I'd seen. And then, you know, I had no idea about actual yeah. show business. So I'm like, you're on TV, you're rich, right? Like that's, <laughs> yeah, so, and then I saw their cars and I was like, holy shit, yeah. these guys are poor as fuck, dude. Like, how yeah, are they you? got like three grand, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, dude, I, I don't, it was it was just like such an eye opener. I'm like, dude, I expected them to be like loaded. And then I see, and it's like, they're all driving like, you know, 95 Camrys and shit like <laughs> yeah. that. You know, old ass fucking Jaguars. Weird. And then you decided to try it when you were working. Yeah, I took. I actually took a class. So I worked, dude. It was. I had a crazy schedule. Um, I worked Monday through Friday from eleven to three. Then Monday through Thursday, I was in film school from six to ten. Right. Uh, PM? Then Friday, yeah, PM. And then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I worked at the Ice House. So they, this lady, started teaching a class. She used to teach it at PCC, Bobby Oliver. Then she started teaching it at. Uh, the Ice House in the, in stage two. Shout out Bobby Oliver, rest <laughs> in peace. <laughs> yeah, but she's not dead. But anyway, uh, anyway. So she she gave me a discount because I could help set up the sound for, and I oh, took yeah. her class, and then that was kind of how I got started, and then a couple of breaks. I don't, I don't hate on anybody who takes a class. I feel when like. When did you move from the? Sorry, I cut you off. When did you move from the Ice House to the Comedy Store? It took a minute, man. Um, it's fun. <laughs> My first experience with the comedy store is a graduation class. Uh, she had a couple special guests come on the show, and one of them was Vargas Mason. Oh, so shit. he comes on the show and he fucking and destroys, of course. You're, like, you're my right? idol. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that guy's funny. And then he came up to me afterward and goes, oh, man, you know what? You're really funny. You should come do my show at the comedy store. And I was like, what? I made it. Yeah, yeah. I'm already getting invited to do the comedy store. Yeah. Uh, and then I did all the classic dumb shit. Like, I pulled into the parking lot in front of the belly room show. Right. Like, oh, you can't park here. I'm like, oh, well, I'm on the show. You know, and they're like, it doesn't matter. Get the so fuck when out. You of work a lot. Yeah. You have like, <laughs> yeah. some compassion for the people you're like, I was them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was them. Uh, and uh, I did his show. And then I saw the people on the show who were in the class with me. And I was like, dude, these guys are terrible. Yeah. It's like he asked them to do the show too. So either he's lying to them or he's lying <laughs> to me. And then I'm like, oh yeah, he's lying it all of us. It takes one show yeah. to realize what a bringer is. And yeah. Like, oh, okay, the literate. So that was my first time, and then I didn't go back for like five years. Like I love, I love picking, uh, not picking, but I love pranking the bringer show. Yeah. When they come in, like one thing I, I sometimes do is now that we have headsets, 
I walk up to, to a guy and I go, what's your name? And he goes, like, Zach. And I go, yeah, Zach's right here. <laughs> and, then I, and then I go, yeah, I'll tell him. I go, all right, I got good news and I got bad news. Good news is Vargas has a show at the Ha Ha Cafe next week, and you're definitely on that one. <laughs> bad news is, and he's just super sad because he's like, this, this, yeah. <laughs> I go, is that like I'm fucking with you and, and just making you feel uncomfortable before your first spot at the comedy store because like I'm kind of an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really shitty how entitled they feel. Do you right. know what I mean? Well, like, it's, like, it's like I have compassion for them, but I'm going to bust them down a little bit. Yeah. It's Some like, of them are cool. Yeah, no, some of them are cool, some of them are get it, some get it, and then yeah. some just don't. Some and, like, so it's honestly, like, it's the people they bring that are the worst. Like, I'll be checking IDs, and, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm here to watch Gurgle's Schmurgle Fits, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh, I don't know who that is. They're like, you don't know who he is. He's performing in the main room. I'm like, yeah, I've been here six years. I don't know who that is, but, yeah, come on in. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, even if, like, even if, like, I know the, oh, what, even if I know what the name is, like, I know they're on the show because yeah. I looked at the list and I'm, like, I just recognize uh, the name. Yeah, yeah. Or the person's done before. I'll still be, like, yeah, I've never heard of that I'll person. I'll be, like, I'll be, like, oh, in the amateur show next door. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Have right. fun. Yeah, yeah. You're, seeing, you're watching your friends in the amateur show? Yeah, have fun. Hopefully they have a good set. Right. <laughs> you know, just mention it like it's a known thing. Yeah, if any if anyone's listening to this and you want to be a comic, uh, just know this, that you do a bringer show and you take a class, that isn't comedy reality. You know, the reality is you have to make a bunch of people who don't know you and have no reason to like you, you have to make them laugh, and that's yeah. how you get better. Your friends are always going to tell you, they're always going to be supportive, uh, and they're all... And, you know, we've all seen it at the end of a bringer show where they're like, oh, you were the best one. And, right. you know, like, no, you you know, you clearly were not right. the best one. It's like oh, you dude, I love it when <coughs> when we have spots on the bringer show and then, like, their friends are, like, around the, the bringer comic and then you walk by and they go, dude, you were the best one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> their friends That's right so there. It's yeah, like, yeah, so for sure. yeah you're the best it. one. Why did the promoter put right. you up first? Why did they right. put you up first and then have everybody be terrible yeah. for the rest of the show? <laughs> for the next right. two hours. I love, I love when, like, they throw me up at the end or something if the they best. have time. I'll go up, like, and, and have the best set and then... You know, I'm not always the best at. <laughs> but almost yeah. always. Yeah, yeah. Um, not 90 percent. Yeah, yeah, nine, yeah. whatever. Sometimes it's good comics on bringer right. shows. Right, and then or or they'll just like have some sort of set where yeah, they some people are, some people come through bringers and and, and are good. Right, yeah. and so and then I'll get off uh, I'll get off stage and I'll be taking out the trash, you know, <laughs> and all their other friends. Yeah. It's a big event for them. They're at the comedy store. They're like, who's this fucking savant janitor that got <laughs> up there? <laughs> yeah, like Matt just, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so. Funny. Yeah, I've heard that story about Caparulo, like where he's he just went up in the belly room and killed it, and then like you know he's downstairs mopping the hallway because there was a spill, uh-huh. and people were like, "Dude, you're by far the funniest person on this show, and you're fucking mopping yeah. the hallway." And it's like, "Oh, that's part of the the comedy story." Comedies are door guys, yeah. Up shit, but I don't even hate on people if they take a class because like I analyzed Chris Rock and George Carlin's jokes by like mm-hmm. listening to them and then like pausing it and like thinking about what was the structure that made me laugh? Mm-hmm. Like what was the twist? What was, what yeah, was yeah. it about the words that Wh- triggered something? Why is right. it funny? Yeah. Like yeah. Take a class, it's just somebody helping you right. learn those structures. Yeah. Like I knew what a callback was before I even started comedy. Yeah. Like, I didn't know, I, I wasn't able to articulate it, but I'm yeah, like, oh, it's that word. thing they do. Yeah. It's like a yeah. trick where they bring sure. the Yeah, back we referred to like, something earlier. Yeah. Well, the problem with comedy classes isn't really the class. Most of the time it's a teacher. Right. Because, like, they're... The teacher's <coughs> never a good comic. Never a good comic. They're failed comics, if that. Yeah. You know, or they just... Or they're, like, the, the sibling of a famous comedy 
club owner. <laughs> Rest in peace. Rest in uh, peace. But also, it's it's one of those things where you know the like promoters, they just kind of plateau to a certain point to where they can do okay on their show with heavy hitters, yeah. but they never push through and become great comics. Same thing with uh, guys who teach classes. And I think what happens is, you know, you have to, like, you get humbled when you come out here, right? If right. you really want to do it, you kind of have to, if your parents don't have money, you don't have some financial right. support. You got to be willing to eat shit yeah, for a decade. You have to, yeah, you have to be willing to eat shit. You have to be willing to live pretty shitty lifestyle. Right. Like, you know, we're a little bit less than, like, a college student. You know what I mean? Like, you're where you're crashing on someone's couch. Yeah. You're doing a bunch of stuff. And, you know, and work your way out of that. And people aren't willing to do that. And then that's when they start teaching classes and they start promoting shows yeah. and then they really get away from the comedy. <laughs> yeah, you really do. You really do. It's like, I, I, like you have, I went from living in like a pretty nice situation, making like decent money. Mm-hmm. And then, and then like when I started doing comedy, I was just like, you know, I'm willing to sleep in a car and like crash on my friend's couches and shit. Like right. I'd rather do that than be yeah. married and working. And it's like, yeah, you have to, yeah, I don't know. Like, it feels like you, you really have to put yourself in the best position to accomplish your... Yeah, you really do. You gotta be yeah, you really do. to right. stand-up comedy. Yeah, I did... Fi- <laughs> last Friday, I did five spots in one night, which I think That's was my... Dope. In LA? Was, yeah, that was my... Well, and name them. Let's do it. Let's all right, so... That's a fun okay, so the first one was... I had to start at five o'clock. Right. right? So five o'clock, I did Clubhouse, which is over off Vermont, uh, in, like, Hollywood Boulevard. So oh, I did yeah. that. Uh, and then Moment Hotel has one at 8 o'clock. Both of those are free. Really? Um, yeah. That uh, one's right there on Sunset, right? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and then I uh, and then I had a spot at the store, you know, an opening spot. So I did that one. Then I came back and did Sycamore Tavern. Yeah. Uh, and then I closed out the night at uh, Skip Town. Which, by the way, which dude, Skip Town is off Heliotrope, Heliotrope and Melrose. You would love the Friday one. First off, so you basically did right you did a you did like a nine hour shift for free. Yeah, you spent money <coughs> exactly to do a nine hour shift running around town. Yeah, skip town. You, you would like, to, and you got to do that for years. Yeah, years, years. And start because uh, skip town. Skip town is uh on Friday. Uh-huh. They let it's at a theater. Little, they let you smoke weed inside. Oh, that's so funny. And so they it, it literally gets loaded Let's with do it people. This Friday. I'm not working. Yeah, I'll be there. Hell I'll yeah. be there. So it gets loaded with people, so it's a good audience. So and like a lot of people are sitting actually in the theater. So you have like yeah. twelve to fifteen people, especially if you go up like in the first fifteen people yeah. who are sitting and watching that's and laughing. Dope. That's a hip area. He yeah. Up in Melrose, and there's a dope a pizza there's a dope pizza place right there on the it's No, it's not actually Gracie's? this one. I don't it's think like it's crazy. This was like twenty-eight bucks a pie. No, no, like a slice of pizza, like a slice of cheese is three seventy-five. A slice of pepperoni is like four fifty, and it's good. It's, I don't know if it's the same spot, but it might be the same. I mean, that's <coughs> an expensive slice, four fifty for yeah, one and, topping. And they have a bunch of snacks there. You but can buy like really good. Gracie's yeah, is really this good. place is really good. But anyway, I skipped. They have a bunch of snacks, like bottled waters a dollar, like Oreo cookies a buck. Yeah, I'll definitely. And everyone is just blazing. Like Skip town. It's on. It's on Comedy Bureau. You know, yeah. If, if you're listening to our podcast, we want you to know about the good open mics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, and now when you don't have to pay either, so like yeah, that's right. a good part. I and you get like fun. Paying. Like Bert's back room is good, but I hate spending money. I right. dude, I, my what's your philosophy on that? My philosophy is comedy is an internship. I don't think anyone is responsible for me paying for me to get better at comedy. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, I don't mind paying a venue because it's like why would they just do it for free? I don't, I don't mind paying because it's like you're you're. 
you're paying for a controlled environment at a specific time to like I, I do it like you like 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 I have my sure. I have my just for last call back on Thursday. Yeah. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna do it like twice a day every day this week, like early so yeah. I can have like start my night with like two. Like I'm gonna go there before the store, do be two the and then do a store. Yeah. And then I'm like that's three I'm working yeah. out so the, that's an extra ten sets I'm getting this yeah. week, you know. Yeah, and then and you'll and you'll an feel the difference. Ten, that's an extra fifty bucks. On it. Yeah, but it's like an investment because I have a yeah, show. Sure. Like if I have something coming yeah. up or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I do it sometimes. I've done birds before. Uh, and it's cool. And I got something out of it. Every time I've done it, I've gotten something out of it. And it's a great mic. But there's something in me. Like ever since I, when I was in New York and I would do, t- I did Times Square Comedy Club a couple times. I agree. I just felt like a jack move. And this Burtz is yeah. better because Burtz is the more controlled people are forced to. to, to it's yeah, like, well, Burtz, I don't mind. Yeah, right. It's it. They, they, they've actually created. It's just good enough to get a fair enough reaction yeah. to your jokes. Yeah. It's yeah, like it. It's she's actually done something right where it's like you've created a proper I comedy. They hand gym. out water bottles. For your they kids. do. <laughs> they hand out. If water you bottles? ask, yeah. Oh. You know, that, I mean, they have that at fourth, fourth Wall is when it started that. I don't know if you, that's in the Valley. Right. Yeah. Where it's no, the same they thing. Do, like, they're, they're making so much goddamn money. He has three yeah. locations now. Yeah. Fourth Wall. Yeah, he really? has like a truck. He has a mobile truck that he, he does shit in. He has a Koreatown one, North yeah. Hollywood one. thing is, I don't, I don't drive, so I don't like leaving West Hollywood that much unless it's like a paid spot or a longer Absolutely. set or something yeah. like that. Um, so I'm not, I'm not going to go far for open mics. So that's the other reason why I like it. It's right here. Yeah. It's And, and you're just in and out. LA's tough. Open mics in LA are just hard. Yeah, the open mic scene is hard. But, you know. You're going to have to spend I've, money or go to open mics where people aren't right. listening to you at all. I have enough spots within like an hour drive of here where I get 15 minute sets and then I get the Laugh Factory spots too. Yeah. So it's just like, it's like comedy is weird. Like one week you'll be booked on shows every night and then yeah. the one week you don't have shit. Yeah, so three weeks like in a row of like yeah. nothing. Right. right, yeah. Uh, so you did that bringer show at the comedy store, Quincy, going back to Quincy. Mm-hmm. Uh, then what happened after that that got led to you being a door guy? Um, well, I didn't come back to the comedy store for a while because there was enough spots in the valley and, the, you know, the parking was ridiculous at the comedy store. Right. Um, uh, probably good for you, too. Get better before coming. Yeah, back. get better. And then, like, when I finally did come back, it was just like, <clears throat> all right, if I'm going to do this, <clears throat> I'm going to go to all the places. Right. Right. Um, and then I went to the comedy store and it was like instantly fell in love. First of all. It was a free mic. It was at a club. Right. And it, this is when it was shitty. The mic was yeah. shitty. Yeah. Uh, it was at a club. But it was like the place just had this feeling, like the Island of Misfit right. Toys. You know? Yeah. What I, yeah. I love I when I showed up to sign up for that mic in that hour. You're hanging out with all these people. That's where I made all my friends. Yeah. In yeah. yeah, yeah. That hour. Yeah. And yeah. I remember at first I had to sit up front. And then uh, after that, after a while, I just started going to the back by the back door. And that's where the you know a couple of employees would be. So then yeah. it started hanging out with like Randy and like a couple in Ebo yeah. uh, and chatting it up with them. Uh, and then you know I smoked weed. So then eventually that led to going back to Sacred Ground, getting invited back there and hanging out. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like Comedy Store Sunday and Monday. I was like always there. And then other nights of the week I was doing other things. But on Sunday and Monday, I'd be at the store. Uh, yeah, and then that kind of led to being a door guy, talking to Tommy. Um, it's weird because I've been now. How long did you hang out before Tommy tagged you? Um, I'm trying to remember because Brian Moses had seen me perform before. He was doing a show in San Diego yeah. called Moon Doggies. It's right by the condo, or it used to be. <clears throat> so I'd gone there, you know, and gotten paid to feature there already, you know. So I'd done some That's stuff, bad. and I had actually thought that doing a comedy store was a step back, a step mm. backwards, but it was not at all. Right. Uh, 
But anyway, so I knew Moses, so I knew um, a couple of those people, and then I talked to Tommy. And then, like, one of the first times I got on the mic, Sarah Tiana, actually, was the one. She got me on the mic. Uh, and I think Benji was hosting. How busy was the mic back then? It was, I mean, now it's like 200 people it was like 40 right? to 70 was a lot of people signing up. Right. It was like 40 or 50 people signing yeah, up. So if you came what year weeks, did you start you consistently up, right? hanging out? At the Comedy Store? Yeah. 2010, I okay. think, is when I started hanging out there. Two th- late 2009, 2010, and yeah. then I got my job in October 2011. Okay. So I've been there for a minute. So I'm, I'm like in a weird situation where I'm like, Half Tommy, half Adam. So I've right, seen yeah, both. Same. I've seen yeah. both like systems, uh, and how it works now versus then. But yeah, and that's when I started hanging out pretty consistently, man, and uh, doing late night watching Don Barris. You know, right. that was fucking, f- yeah, it's oh, crazy. crazy. Yeah. You got to you got to see all the crazy stuff back in the day when yeah. nothing was locked. And yeah, right. I mean, chaos. it was like prisoners were running the prison. It was dude. always empty. Yeah, yeah, dude, everything was it was so crazy. Everything was always open. Like it just. I mean, maybe just maybe everything changed because of Quincy. Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> Quincy, yeah, there was none, dude. I, After Quincy, uh, honestly, I'm glad it changed because if it didn't, the place would be closed. I believe. Yeah, you know, because Peter. It could be. Why yeah. is he gonna hang on to a shitty club, especially yeah. after his mom passes? Yeah. But now that they brought in the consultants, and it just makes a shit ton it's of money. Just so money right, machine, dude. Yeah. They hadn't right before she died. The couple years before she died, made it into a money-making machine. It would have been yeah. right. I mean, the the property. real estate offers are probably like a hundred million dollars, and they're but now they're like, dude, we can make a hundred million in fucking two years, probably. Yeah, you know, to you to gross it because it's not like the property value is going to decrease. Yeah, you know, only going up. Yeah, right. it's only gonna. I mean, they're making that bullet train, right? So right. that. When that, the bullet train is like go from San Francisco to like right. San Diego. Oh, I mean, talking about I mean, that for yeah. like decades. All right, but the okay, so I do these shows in Fresno and Clovis. The no no. Yeah, uh, uh, there's this guy, like you said, his place where you do the shows, and you can see where they're starting to build like structure oh, wow. for the cool. train. So it's really happening. Yeah, it's. Really, I mean, it's not going to be like it'll be a while. Yeah, it'll or be decades. a while. But I mean, if the comedy store keeps going, you never know things. Things change like that's just the yeah. nature of the world. But if it ke- if it keeps going the way it's going, it'll be like the one two story building surrounded. I mean, it already is. Yeah. It's literally just yeah. mega fucking mega yeah. buildings and yeah. complexes like and the they Sunset can't build Strip. Or else they have to build like, the in- yeah, this, all up. So like the entire Sunset Strip is these mega buildings. So because of that, it's like it would be like having a having a con- like a, a two story building in Times Square. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, dude, this is valuable f- property. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and that's also, I mean, that's a not really a comedy talk, but once a bullet train thing happens, property values will, you know, go, go down road, here. Yeah. No, they'll go down here. Why would they go down? Because you could commute easier. You know, because people are commuting an hour from Santa Clarita, an hour and but a the half. The bullet train's not going to be from... The bullet train is going to be going from Santa Clarita to here? No, it'll be going from, like, San Francisco. So, like, if you lived in Fresno, it'll take an hour to get to L.A., right? Uh, stop in Fresno? Yeah, so, like, you you just take the oh, train to L.A., you know what I mean? That, so, and so, we're gonna be picking so up you can make Fresno and bringing them to Los Angeles. Oh, maybe to work. To work. Maybe. Bad idea. Right. No, but to work though. Right. So right. it's like your LA dollar stretches so much in right. Fresno. But like maybe housing, maybe housing prices go down, but not business. No housing. Anything, pr- yeah, housing prices up. will go down and it'll go up. And prices are gonna go I think down more in LA people. after the bullet train for sure not. I think I think property values are only gonna go up in areas that have access to the bullet train. I just think. Well, because I just think you won't have to live here anymore. If you could, if it'll take you an hour to commute, 
you can raise a family in like the Central Valley where it's right. a lot cheaper and make LA money. Yeah, but the, it makes it only makes sense. But yeah. the, there's yeah. trains going in and out of New York. I don't know. There's a reason direction. why Fresno's yeah. nickname is the No No, because living there's a No No. You don't want to live there. It smells like <laughs> right. shit. The water there's flies smells like everywhere. Poop. No, yeah, well because of farming, but actually yeah, it has some of the it, it has some of the worst uh, air really bad in air. America yeah. because of the crop dusting. So if you if you're born there, you have this thing called valley fever, right? Which is like a spot, a growth on your lung that's benign, so it doesn't affect anything. But it's just because you grew up breathing in air there. Um, that's really bad. Yeah. So don't live in Fresno. Yeah, don't live. Uh, my cousins live. I there. love there, dude. I used to go fishing when I lived there all the time, like every Look, Friday. There's some dude, beautiful areas around yeah. there, and, and there's some beautiful nature mm-hmm. around there too. Cool camping spots. I think there's like uh, a national park that's like few hours away but like you have to go towards fresno to get there it's like it's like gateway to the sierras and to yosemite i think yeah. like also so. but like as, as far as like a place to live it's like super gang infested and it smells bad and it's bad for your health yeah there's not there it's wasn't much it wasn't much to do there either you just like love fresno state bulldogs and then that's kind of it yeah. it's kind of it yeah uh, do you have to get out of here? Yeah, I do. I have to go to work. I have to go to the comedy store, guys. Yeah. He's literally going to go work as a door guy moments <laughs> from now. Yeah, when are you going to come train on the phones, by the way, soon, man? Soon, Don't say it. soon. I need someone to do second half uh, yeah, Sundays. I, I, you I, can I, have I that. I'll be able to take those uh, a lot more. Now. All right. Can you do it this week? This I'm covering hormones this week. Uh, on Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking where are you going? Easter. Easter. You going to Easter? Don't do Easter. Uh, yeah, okay. did, yeah, do terrorists celebrate Easter? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go blow up some eggs. <laughs> so I got to work on Easter. I got to follow her culture and do pedophilia and Easter stuff. You know? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. She's Catholic, so she's into pedophilia. Gotcha. All right, thanks, guys, for having me. This Thank is, uh, this is a cool talk. How can people find you on uh, social uh, medias? Instagram, I'm Quincy L. Weekly. Uh, is there is your is weekly spelled different? Yeah, it's W E E K L E Y. So there's three E's in weekly, and people always forget that. Um, and then you know Facebook at you know Quincy Weekly, um, yeah. and um, Twitter at Quincy Weekly. So all the it's all Quincy Weekly stuff. Oh yeah, follow Quincy Weekly, y'all. Oh uh, yeah, I'm gonna be in Pittsburgh next month for May 14th through 20th. May 14th to the 20th. We'll make sure to post this one sooner. So yeah, I'll be in San Diego this uh, at the end of April, um, right, yeah, end of this month. So uh, I'll be at the Madhouse Comedy Club and doing some yep. shows with Maria Herman. So that'll be cool. Nice. nice. Where are you going to be, Hormos? I'm going to be in Denver in a couple of weeks, but this might be post. No, I'll post this sooner. I'll be in Denver Comedy Works doing a roast battle, and then I don't know. Oh, dope. Uh, but yeah, thanks. Follow everybody, rate, review, and all that stuff, and share this podcast. And uh, this has been Guam of Thrones. This has been Guam of Thrones. <laughs> and watch Guam of Thrones every Sunday on HBO. And come watch us on Potluck every Monday at the Comedy Store. Bye. Bye.